This reading of Dr. John Ferguson Smith's First World War Diary is sponsored by Objective Analysis of Oxford. It is read by his grandson Rory MacLeod. The sound engineer is his great-grandson Henry MacLeod. Part 7 22nd May, Saturday The day is fine but close. I mount a grey horse to ride to the wagon lines, but find him very ill-behaved. So I borrow a black mare of Griffin's, which is a most excellent beast. I enjoy the ride a little, though I still feel stiff and sore. I meet the surgeon of our neighbours, 37 Brigade Royal Field Artillery, right by name. A shell bursts in Rue du Bois at the end of our avenue as two men are passing, but does no damage. I snooze in the afternoon to make up for the previous night. I take over the duties of ordering supplies to supplement our rations. I play squash cricket in the evening, which is so much cooler than the afternoon. 23rd May There is a heavy thunderstorm with hail in the early morning. It is beautifully fresh at breakfast time, but very hot by midday. Things are very quiet during the morning. A new interpreter arrives. He says that it is definitely stated in Saint-Omer that Italy has joined in. After tea, the adjutant produces proper cricket balls and all try a game. The proceedings are rather sporting, owing to the roughness of the ground. During the game, a number of German shells fall, about 90 yards off. Two British aeroplanes are up. They are fired at by anti-aircraft guns without effect. Later in the evening, Rue Dubois is treated to any amount of heavy shrapnel. One 5.9 shell, beautifully timed, bursts over a tree at the entrance to our avenue and knocks the cap off a driver on the road. 37th Brigade moves off for rest tonight. 24th May, Monday. 118th Brigade have moved in to take the place of the 37th. Nine of them are to be billeted in our farm. Two light shrapnel shells, pipsqueaks, burst near my billet. I hear that Route C, near 21st Battery, has been shelled heavily. No damage was done. I ride down to the wagon lines. I am improving, but have a lot to learn yet. I think of a horse as a motorbike with a sidecar, and I give myself up for lost when the animal gets into the rough or has only a foot or two in which to pass a cart. I again see an aeroplane fired at without result by anti-aircraft guns, Archie. I receive a letter from M.M. saying that he is joining the Corps, and J.E.P. also. He says R.G. has not been killed, but is missing. There is fairly heavy firing this evening. I played more cricket. 25th May, 
I did no riding today. I hear that the Canadians' attack last night failed. Fairly heavy losses. It is a very hot and enervating day. There is heavy firing in the evening. A premature from the backyard 18-pounder lands a fragment close to the colonel. This is at least the third such in three days. About 8.45pm, a green light is seen over the German position, which in their code signifies trench taken by enemy, i.e. us. There is a terrific fusillade for about an hour thereafter. The news is official that Italy has declared war on Austria. 26th May, Wednesday. There is heavy shelling of the Rue du Bois this morning. One high explosive shell bursts quite close as I am riding back from the wagon lines. I admire the debris thrown up by the explosion. We get orders to move. We set out at 4.30pm and arrive at a dilapidated farm beyond Gore. I ride with Cooper to Divisional HQ along the canal bank. I am very uneasy at times, as the horse persisted in galloping on a very rough road just beside the water. I spend a very uncomfortable night in a farm. 27th May. I am up very early. By 7am we are on the road to a new position. After blundering about on some villainous roads, we arrive at the billet, which is in a marsh, only to find other people in possession. The colonel succeeds in evicting these, but we later hear that we are to move again. The wagons failed to come up, so we have no food for thirteen hours, except some chocolate and water biscuits. 28th May, Friday. On the road again. One battery stays in the marsh a little west of Quinchy. The other goes up to Tuning Fork before Givenchy. The wagon lines are in Beuvry. Our headquarters are scattered in old buildings, covering nearly a mile of country by the Labasse Canal near a temporary bridge called Waterloo Bridge. It is a quiet spot, except when the naval six-inch gun on the armoured train is fired. This seems to have brought down a cottage by concussion. The 9.2-inch isn't allowed to be fired, as it did more damage this end than on German lines. No responsibility is accepted for the accuracy of these statements. I am taken in as a lodger by Captain Folders, the medical officer of the 5th London Brigade. The mess is the best part of a mile away, so I consider the desirability of erecting a bivouac there. 29th May, Saturday. I hear with great regret that Uncle D has been reported wounded and missing, believed killed. The account of the fight given in the Times isn't quite accurate. The reason for the withdrawal of the Camerons was that the Bedfords failed to come up in support.
I ride into Betune for supplies. My horse behaves well when following the cart, but is very unruly on the way home when we go on in front. I rig up a bivouac with the cover of a Maltese cart. It is rather draughty at night in the high wind. 30th May I walk round the batteries in the morning. It is a glorious day. Fifteen shells fall close to headquarters in about ten minutes this afternoon. No damage was done. I walk to the wagon lines in the evening. 31st May I hear news that we are to move down to Vermelle, to positions hitherto occupied by the French. I believe it to be a rather drafty corner. I ride into Betune to inquire about dental matters. Incidentally, I am told by the Assistant Director of Medical Services that there is no chance of any leave. Accordingly, I must arrange to visit the dentist in Lillère. There is some firing during the night, but no shells nearer than 300 yards. 1st June, Tuesday. Today we moved to Noël, where we set up our headquarters in an estaminet. This, when cleaned out, makes quite a nice billet. The batteries are in Vermel, which was taken by the French in December by house-to-house -house fighting. It was bombarded almost out of existence. The French brought guns right up against the houses and blew them in. There isn't a great deal of firing. 2nd June. I ride to the wagon lines. It is a very hot day. In the evening, I walk to the field ambulance station in Sailly-la-Bourse and arrange with a medical officer to send a motor ambulance on Friday to take the dental cases to Lillère. I decide to go myself and consult the dentist. 3rd June. It isn't so warm and is threatening rain. I ride to the wagon lines and hear that shells dropped right into them during the night. Two horses were slightly wounded. There is heavy firing in the direction of Notre-Dame-de-Lorette. 4th June. I went with Major Eaton to the observation station of the 21st Battery. This is up in the ruins of a factory. You can see a long sector of the German lines. The churches of Labasset and Duvrin are very prominent features. I note that daylight has been let into the former. I go to Lillère in a motor ambulance and have rather an unhappy time with the dentist. 5th June. I ride with Griffin to the new wagon lines in Sailabourne. We have some difficulty in finding them so I have a long ride. It was a quiet day here, but there is a terrific battle proceeding in the direction of Souchy and Notre-Dame-de-Lorette. The commanding officer witnesses this from the top of a slag heap. 6th June. I go up to the observing station and explore the cellars below a ruined factory. There are many evidences of German occupation, 
but nothing worth keeping as a trophy. We get orders to move to Ferfay for a rest. <laughs>